Can you remember when your where you got your first interest uh, interest in photography? Where did that come from? Yes, um, uh, I was in Yugoslavia in nineteen forty seven, and we weren't allowed to fraternize with the natives, and I didn't drink or smoke, and I was bored stiff, so I wrote to the air ministry and asked them for some photographic materials, film, uh, paper and processing uh, chemicals. And that's where I started. And what was the basis of your request? I mean, did you say, did you say what it was for? I, I explained that, that uh, because we weren't allowed to fraternise uh, and if you went to the cinema, it was all in Serbo-Croat or you couldn't understand so I had nothing to do mm-hmm. and out of boredom I, yeah. and, uh, and, I was, and you obviously had a camera then you asked for the material so I, what did you have I had uh, a retina a codec retina 35mm yeah there's the fold away the camera. little fold uh, yeah. a small bellows and that's uh, how I started and uh, I used to photograph the graves and when we interred the bodies right. and erected the cross it, uh, just to show the name of the air crew, right. airman or woman, to make sure that the parents knew where their son or daughter was. Right. Not some of them thought that they may be walking around with amnesia or maybe taken prisoner of war. Yes. But this would prove beyond all doubt that this is where your son or daughter is buried. Mm. After Mm. identifying the the body or the aircraft. What was the name of your detachment? What were you... The the war graves, the searcher party. The number one searcher party, the British war graves. And what territories did you cover? Uh, we covered Italy, we covered Sicily, we covered Austria, Germany, France, uh, Yugoslavia, Albania, bordering on Romania, uh, into the you know, Greek border, into the Cernogor, the, the Black Mountains in Yugoslavia, southern Yugoslavia. And uh, along with that, was along what period three, of time? Three years. Right. Three years. And um, what information did you have to go on to recover bodies? And uh, well, we'd have a um, documentation, uh, maybe the wing, the wing, wing commander, would say the aircraft is in flames over Cernodoros or Ljubljana, last seen in flames in Ljubljana, heading south. So we go to that area and knock on doors, farmers' houses, trying to locate where the plane crashed. And mm-hmm. we eventually come across the the farmers. He crashed in the, that field there, and we buried him just in the corner of the field. Just dig him up right. and identify him from his tags, his yeah. dog tags. 
Would they always have tags? Would that do? Most of them had tags. Right. They had waterproof plus fireproof tags. Each right. one had waterproof plus fireproof tags. Yeah. Uh, some, some, sometimes in Sicily, sometimes the farmers would feed them to the dogs. Really? Or sometimes they would survive, come down by parachute and be shot. In Yugoslavia, that happened quite a few times, and then we see the hole in the head, and we just hand that over to the war crimes tribunal. They look after that. Mm. Um, the condition, most condition, we're talking about a skeletal condition, totally. Yeah, skeletal, because they were buried naked or were just clothes, yeah. no covering whatsoever. Not like being in a coffin. So they so they deteriorate very fast. Yes, very fast. You only have bones and little bits of skin. Except when uh, they were above the snow line. Yes. Then you would have bodies. Yeah. Uh, the likes of Mount Etna in, in Sicily. We had a, an aircraft that crashed at the top of the mountain, and the bodies were in the plane. What condition? Well, they were ready, ready to fall asunder, but the, they're still quite preserved. So then we had to get them back down the mountain. On that particular time, the mountain actually erupted six hours after we came down. The lava was flowing down the mountain six hours after we came down. Mm. We were in Catania at the time at the base of the mountain. And um, I think you mentioned incident that it was upsetting to see the RAF, the RAF. Uh, oh yes, yes, that, that was, that was at the, on the Greek border, that was in the Black Mountains. Uh, there were 14 women in a troop carrier. And when we opened the grave, it was waterlogged and they were floating. I found that very disturbing very upsetting. The fact that there were females, it, it was it was the worst time, the worst few days of my life. Mm -hmm. And we couldn't go by road, we had to use horses because the roads were so narrow. It was only a couple of feet wide in the mountains, just on the Greek border. Mm -hmm. So that, that was the and would they all those bodies have to be brought back? Yes, we put them in blankets. Right, so you'd have and, to lift them out. Yeah, of lift them out uh, and uh, put them in blankets. Uh, and we had an ambulance. I used to drive an ambulance. It was an empty, an empty ambulance, and just put the bodies in it. Bring it back to the capital city, which was Belgrade. Build a cemetery and inter them there. Oh, that was uh, that was the worst few days of my searching. Otherwise, uh, it became important because you were finding sons and daughters and able to prove to the parents that your son or your daughter has been found. And here's the proof 
the number of the engines, the plane, his dog tags, her dog tags, and he watches her rings, or dental uh, records, and no doubt about it, this is where your son or daughter is. Here's a photograph of the car. So you, you felt that in some ways you were removing the doubt. Yes, in the first end, few weeks yeah. it was a, a bit sickening, but then it became a pleasure when we were able to find. Yeah. Sometimes it'd take a fortnight to find. Other times you could find it in 48 hours. It would depend. If the plane were on autopilot, it might fly on for another 100 miles. Sometimes it might just crash within 10 miles of, of where the wingman spotted him the wing commander would would, would would in all cases that would have been impact death by impact yes yeah and did you ever wonder why they couldn't parachute out did you ever Some, sometimes they parachute out sometimes uh, the parachute didn't open which is referred to as a Roman candle and it just they just hit the ground and put a hole in the ground. Yeah. Quite a few didn't open. Really? Hmm. If it were not properly packed, careless packing, or sometimes they they they, they bail out and you get caught in the tailplane of the aircraft and go down with it. Goodness. Mm. And then the the engines usually finished up in the local uh, blacksmith. All the plane, the rest of it would be gone. The engines were usually in the, in the local blacksmith shop. Would he recycle the the material or what? Uh, a, I don't know what they did with it. Maybe they'd use it for covering it all. But that was a hell of an experience, wasn't it? It was, yeah, yeah. It was, but it was interesting. We were meeting the people. We were in very remote areas and we stayed in their homes. Yeah. Were people well disposed towards you? Yes, yes, yes. In Sicily, in a lot of cases, they let some of the houses were so big, they let us put the car in the hall because of theft they just opened the doors and they drive the car into the hall park in the hallway really yeah and what, what lawlessness after the war was after the war everything was scarce there was no there was no petrol wasn't available yes yeah and you had to immobilise your car you take, take out we always had to take out the rotor arm then if it was stolen at least you had the rotor arm. Your job is done. Yeah. But so, sometimes you could have spare rotor arms. Flog the, flog the rotor arm for a hundred quid. Yeah. <laughs> um, and why, the people that wouldn't be well disposed towards you, why would that be? Was it because they'd be anti-British or what would they? Well, they thought, when they saw us first, they thought we were Germans, with the insignia. 
But no, we had no problem except that when you went into remote areas, everybody come out to see you and you got fed up being with the crowd. Being the, the yeah. yes, the bit of the notoriety. Of, yes, yeah. Yeah, it was a nuisance. You couldn't go about your business. And in, the roads yeah. were non-existent. It was dirt, dust in, in the summer and muck in the winter. Uh, mostly uh, horse transport and picking up horseshoe nails. You could get 12 punctures a day. Anything from five to twelve punctures a day, because you were picking up horseshoe nails. Were the tires specially designed to cope with that? Yeah, we had bulletproof run flat tires, but you'd still you could run for fifty miles or so, but you still had to change it. Change, and there were sixteen nuts on each wheel. It was quite a job. Huge wheels. Uh, It was a the Humber Super Snipe. Four liter, four wheel drive, equipped with radio. Uh, uh, was the 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 driving end of it? Was it similar to the super snipe as we know it? Ah uh, no no no, no it wouldn't uh, be as comfortable. But uh, quite a quite a uh, substantial. Uh, yes, very powerful engine and. Uh, Go through muck, no problem. Off road, a lot of times you had to go off roads, or sometimes you had to cross a river. Had the bridge had been blown up, and uh, sometimes I, I had to, it was so steep I had to reverse. I had to go up the bank in reverse, which is very difficult. Trying to look back up. Several times that happened in Yugoslavia. Why would you go up and over it? Why would you do that? Because the first wouldn't be low enough. Ah, so reverse being a lower gear still. Lower gear, and and you could just about make it. Right. Is that a tip for people that if they ever wanted to get out of difficulty, always yeah. go in reverse? Yeah, yeah. But it's very difficult when you're trying to see back. Yeah. Were there occasions when you had to sleep aboard that vehicle? No, no. Uh, when uh, it was available, we uh, slept in hotels or homes. But we never had to sleep in the vehicle. Right. How many would be in your squad? I mean, the many. Two. That's all. Huh? Seven. Um, and the, um, my officer. Right. And an interpreter. There are only two, two searcher parties covering Sicily. So. You were number one. I was, I was very lucky to be picked. There was an interview when I was in uh, Treviso, in the north of Italy, just near near Venice, uh, when they decided to uh, recover these bodies. I had an interview, and I had a, a smattering of Italian, and I was picked. So I was lucky. There were only two of us. So it was quite a privilege. Mm. Uh, how, what was it like towards the end, leaving the army, or how did you? 
they offered me promotion as I was being demobbed and I turned it down and I was home about three or four weeks and I decided to go back to rejoin and I went back to rejoin and I was in the camp for three weeks and nothing had happened papers hadn't come through I hadn't a penny to spend I couldn't go down to the naffy and buy a bun or a cup of tea so I left and went into London and I happened to have a a rolly card at the time and I sold it uh, in Bond Street and I got £40 for it and I went to the Olympic Games 1948 in London right. and I came home but you hadn't you you weren't you didn't go AWOL because you hadn't no 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 I just I hadn't signed and is that the time that I remember you telling me you cycled up to Fermanagh or something? Yes, yes. I, the girl I was with at the Olympic Games uh, lived in Fermanagh. And when she came home, I cycled up to Fermanagh to see her. Mad. Mm. Mad. And hadn't been on a bike. Had I one sore arse. And the distance, like on the road, conditions of the roads. 130, 130 miles, yeah. 260 miles. Yeah, return. But it was quite a journey. I, not so bad coming back. And I received a very poor reception from, from, our, from our family. They didn't even welcome me into the house. We had to stay out in the shed. Really? Yeah. Yes. They treated me was very, there, very badly. Were they? Why was that? Were they a different ah, religion? Or? The fact that I was from the Free State, I think. So they, were they Re- Protestant? Republican, yes, they were Protestants. Mm. Yeah, they gave me very, very poor reception. I regret having uh, having left. If I had stayed, I'd have been pensioned at forty years of age. Now I'm 77 and I'm still working.